When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry, I'll hang up and listen, I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to I'll Hang Up and Listen. Uh, possibly the last one we do here for a, for a minute. Uh, joined by your by producer, Steve, the man that works the magic behind the scenes. Uh, Colorado Avalanche, our Stanley Cup champions, uh, preventing what could have been a dynasty or would have been a dynasty for the Tampa Bay Lightning, a team that is essentially, as we talked uh, pre-show, that has essentially played five seasons worth of hockey in the last six years, which is insane. And Steve, you know, I mentioned, you know, before we came on, they just looked gassed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the narrative that we've been hearing all, all series that just Colorado just looks like the faster, stronger team. They've got a, they got a step on the competition. And uh, I, I think tonight is when it finally came to fruition. Uh, I mean, obviously Stammers comes out within the first five minutes just buries it right there in the crease. Zero hesitation, you know, letting everybody know this is why yeah. I wear the C because this is what I do and this is what I've been doing the whole damn time. But then after that, I, you know, uh, don't worry, doobie, doobie, do. My heart is broken as well. Uh, and I think that's probably because right before I watched this game, I watched that uh, unrivaled, the yeah, the, yeah, the unrivaled, uh, Avalanche and Detroit Red Wings documentary that just went up on ESPN Plus, and uh, Avalanche were kind of the bad guys when you when you look at the beginning yeah. of that beef. Uh, so you know, just a tiny little bit of salt was still lingering from that. Watching them win, but honestly, I was I was saying it as I watched the closing ceremonies there that you know even when your team isn't the one to do it, the minute you start seeing those players lift the cup, you 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 can't be mad anymore because you just, you're watching a couple dozen people realize a dream that they've had since before they could spell their fucking name. And it's, it's arguably one of the most beautiful things you're ever going to see in sports or maybe anything else. It, re- it really is, man. Um, I, I tweeted out, you know, right after they won, like, how can you not love this game? Like the grind of the regular season, 82 games to get there. Um, you know, I feel like the NHL did a great job this year in promoting the sport, uh, especially on TNT. ESP10, ESPN had its moments, but I, I think they really dropped the ball by making people have to pay for ESPN Plus in order to watch the games. I, I, I get it. Like, they're trying to, you know, promote that platform. But at the end of the day, people don't want to want to have to pay anything extra to watch hockey. Like, um, and TNT just did a bang-up job between talk and biz and, that whole cast of characters. It's just a lot of fun to watch. I kind of wish to uh, TNT cover the finals. They, they should have. I think they earned that. You know, I know ABC owned the rights, but, you know, nothing could beat, you know, the, the characters, like, in that cast of uh, – uh, in that panel. Um, but just from the, the grind of the regular season to get to the playoffs, the grind of the playoffs, and then to get to the finals. You saw how, you know, Landis Cog sold his body out there at the end of the third period, lost his skate blade, and then had to be carried to the bench by McKinnon, uh, and arguably, honestly, it was argu- arguable, uh, you know, and you know, not arguably, it was too many men. 
but you know it's kind of tough on on the refs part too. I know they've they've taken a lot of heat this playoffs and rightfully so, but it is tough on the referees to make that call in that late in the third period of in a, a game of you know what could have been what was the uh, Stanley Cup deciding game. You know it, it, that is a tough call. Um, so I, it, it's it, it you know. I, just everything that went into it, and then just the celebration when the, when when it hit the, the clock hits zero, the, the team celebrating them taking out the cup. Obviously, Gary Bettman had COVID. His right not has COVID, so he wasn't able to be booed uh, out of the building uh, while smiling. By the way, he loves it. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, presenting the cup to Landis Cog, and who's he going to hand it to first? It was Cogliano, and then to McKinnon, and then to John Jack Johnson who's been in the league for 16 seasons. I think it was actually, not to not to correct you live on air, but I believe it was Eric Johnson he handed it to first. Oh, it was Eric Johnson? Yeah. Then the, yeah, the, yeah, the, the, then yeah the longest tenured Avalanche player on the roster. Okay. It was, so it was, yeah. Eric, it was Eric Johnson. It was Eric Johnson, then Cogliano, no. then McKinnon, then Jack Johnson. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. No, I, I thank you for the correction. Um, Kale McCarr, 29 points in 20 games, as as he stated, you know, the most points by defense in the last 30 years in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Just an insane performance. The kid has such a bright future ahead of him, and he's already reached the mountaintop. Um, just like I just love everything about this game. And it, it it's hands down, I don't care what anyone says, the heart the, the, not just the best looking and most coveted trophy, but the hardest to win trophy in all sports. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's a long road to get there. Most people don't even make, you know, half the league doesn't even make it to the playoffs. And uh, uh, what what do we got here? Uh, yeah, dooby dooby doo. We can't go down that road because then we can start asking ourselves if uh, Nashville has UC Soros to play. Does Colorado sweep them? Um, if uh, Roman Yossi is there playing against a team that doesn't get swept, maybe he's in the conversation. Possibly. For that first, yeah, for that first piece of hardware, because I mean, his numbers were, you know, just on paper better than Kill McCarr's. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not the same young stud star that Kill McCarr is anymore. But, you know, I mean, arguably, no, no defenseman has put up numbers like Roman Yossi did this year in decades, plural. It's ridiculous. Uh, so, I mean, if you if you start going back that far and asking, you know, the what the woulda coulda shoulda what if game. You're you're gonna give yourself a headache, uh, so I, I I I try not to do it, especially with series like these. You know, what if, what if they caught Brett Hall's foot in the crease? Uh, yeah, let's go back that far and talk about that. But I mean, come on. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, I hate the expression, but it is what it is, and what it is is the Colorado Avalanche are our champions. The Tampa Bay Lightning, through hell or high water, did everything they could to not make that happen, and they. They just ran out of gas. They had Colorado had that extra step, and they did it. I even I even mentioned it to you, you know, before the show that one their their first real good chance of the third period that Kucherov one timer, he got he got the he got the shot off and it was a good shot, but it just looked to me that he was either was just concerned about make hitting the net, but we've seen Kucherov unload on pucks before, man. It, it he just looked like he it took everything he had to even get that shot off and on that. He just looked tired. And they I remember like a minute or two before that they showed Kucherov on the bench and his head was literally down between his hands and he just was gassed, man. You can see the sweat pouring off his body. And, and just like, you know, I, I just – I'm not going to say Colorado wanted it more, but, man, Tampa has fucking played a lot of hockey over the last five years. And, I, you know, like you said, the, the, the change in, 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 uh, in elevation between here and Colorado, you know, maybe it got to him. You know, it, you know, it's just the elevation. You know, that's no joke. And, you know, they just they just look so gassed. Yeah, I mean, the same thing was happening in the uh, conference final between the Oilers and the Avalanche. I mean, the Oilers are definitely less deep of a team. But, like, you know, for the last half of the game, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl were pretty much perennially on the ice you know they're clocking defenseman minutes as forwards because it's just this is it you got to give every last fucking drop of gas you got in the tank and you're you're gonna be gassed you're not gonna play your best hockey but like 
you're the best guy we got. So congratulations. You're going to be out there for the majority of those last 10 minutes at a do or die game. And I think that Kucherov is obviously no exception. So, I mean, he definitely looked like he had to like put a little bit of his soul on that slap shot. Maybe if he went to the far side, knowing that Kemper was going to slide his way. I was actually just going to say that as a goalie, like, you know, because Kemper read it like a book. Well, that, 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 that's, that's what I'm going to, I was going to say is, you know, Kemper's anticipating that shot, you know, not, not, you know, not, not the initial shot from, from the puck, from the passer, but he's expecting that puck to go to Kucherov. So he's anticipating maybe if Kucherov just holds up for a half a second, let's, let's Kemper get over. And then he has that whole fire side of the net to shoot at. Um, again, I think he's a right-handed shot. So it'd be even shooting across his body, yeah. but yeah, he was on the still, right-hand side. yeah. So it would have been a bit of a more difficult from that spot being a right-handed shot. But, you know, again, you're gassed, you're tired, you're just worrying about getting the puck on that. I just, you know, I just don't think – I think if that's like 10 games ago, that's going in the net. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he just – I mean, yeah, just the other night we had a big ripper go wide, off post, straight in, bang on, yep. zero hesitation. Yeah, I mean, you could you could, uh, you could break out your protractor and uh, calculate every last bounce and – you know, maybe it was just moving like five miles faster. Maybe if it hit the boards just like this, yeah. You know, it, it's a game. It's a game of seconds and inches. And uh, you know, I guess Colorado just had the be- better seconds and better inches. And uh, you know, it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. Absolutely, no aspect of this loss can be rested Vasilevsky's feet. That guy's a fucking machine. He played his played his freaking ass off. He was you know, he was on all night. You know, they just beat them twice, you know, and to only get beat twice, that's that's a pretty good average game for any NHL goaltender, which I guess for Vasilevsky, when we're used to seeing him just completely shut it down in elimination games, is atypical of what we're used to seeing. But, you know, it's par for the course for what you would want from a good goaltender. Two goals max. I don't want to see any more than that. Yeah. That's, you know, again, no, no aspect of this loss can be – you know, chalked up to like a truly horrendous play or anybody not putting in their all. They put in their all. It just wasn't enough for once. I, I love this. You know, this guy's a loyal listener. I, uh, Paramat <laughs> Pitcher's uh, a buddy of my Matt. If Batman really liked to be booed, he would have done the Vince walk. Yeah, he, he's not wrong. <laughs> um, got- tell me how ESPN cut Delanis cock interview the very second McCarr was about to lift the cup. They're idiots, man. ESPN sucks. I did I, find that kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> like the guy, the guy who won the con smite, you just give him his moment. Tampa window closed for a bit. They have some cap issues coming up. Um, I wouldn't say it's closed. You still have Stamkos. You still have Kudrov. You still have Vasilevsky. Um, you know, I mean, I think they I need mean, to install some youth for sure. Some speed. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, we saw quite a bit of that youth if you spent any time watching the AHL, watching the Syracuse Crunch go up against him. They got some good guys in their system. They're yeah. no, no one incredible, but, like, you know, they're not bad guys. But, yeah. I mean, realistically, when you look at what they have to do in the offseason, granted they're $2 million over as of right this second, but realistically the only people that aren't actively on a deal right now are Riley Nash. I didn't really see him sticking around. Nick Paul. And then the big one, Andre Palat. What do you do with Andre I think Palat? And then, and then Jan Ruda. So you know, if somebody in if somebody in this current equation can move to make room for Palat or something, or if they just move Palat entirely, then they can pretty much go into next year with more or less the exact same lineup. Uh, so, yep. but I mean, first they obviously got to free up that two million or send somebody down. Uh, I, I think this is also calculating in uh, Alex Barre Boulet, who uh, I think could have actually been claimed by. Uh, actually, I no, yeah, Buffalo claimed him for like a split second, and then yep. let him go again. Yeah, he was actually pretty good for the crunch, honestly. But that, but yeah, that said, uh, I mean, obviously they're not in a good place, but they're definitely in like nowhere near as terrible a place as you would imagine for a team way over the cap, like. They're not looking at the fucking shit show that the Minnesota Wild are looking at with uh, both of those. Mm-hmm. 
what's that? The Zach Parise, Ryan Suter, $6 million to $7 million penalties for the next two to three years. That's yep. going to be a fucking nightmare to navigate. You know, thank God they, you know, inked the deal on Kirill Kaprizov when they did because when that deal is up, uh, they'll be paying more like 800000 on those two contracts. So at least they sealed up that star player real real quick. But, yeah, I don't know. It's tough to say. Uh, I, I could see I could see Tampa doing it. I, I, they've, I, I they've, got, they've always found a way. That's the thing. That's the thing with the Tampa Lightning. They always find those glue guys. I call them glue guys all the time. Last year was uh, Barkley, Goodrow, Blake Coleman, those guys that are playing their balls off to get a contract somewhere else. And that's what they happen here. I mean, Andre Plata wouldn't really classify him as a glue guy. He's been in and out of the top six a lot for uh, for Tampa Bay. But you look at Nick Paul, for instance, you know, Ruda, like guys who have scored big-time goals for them. Like, you know, Nick mm-hmm. Paul is going to get paid this off. You know, you know, I'm not sure if it's, if it's a UFA or an RFA. Regardless, that guy is going to get paid 100%. And he should. Um, all the Lightning guys are UFAs. For what oh, they're all worth. UFAs. So Nick Paul is going to get paid by somebody. He's a big boy, too. So I love to see a guy like that Buffalo dude. I'd be so willing, I hope and pray, that Buffalo is willing to not want to say back up a Bergstrom, but go get a guy like Andre Palat, a guy with a winning pedigree who scores big goals and big moments. Like, go get that guy. That Get that guy in this locker room. I would love nothing more than that. Yeah. I, You know, it's got to be an interesting question because, I mean, we keep seeing the quotes that they're not just looking to shore up their D-line, which is obviously mm-hmm. what we've been clamoring for. They've got their eyes on both top six and middle six forwards, which, of course, as a J.J. Paterka stand, makes me very concerned where he falls into place in this future lineup. Yeah, Because if there's only room for one of those two dudes in the AHL, it's got Jack Quinn's name all over it. Even though technically J.J. Paterka had better numbers this season, Jack Quinn's just – his his, his yep. ceiling is too high. Uh so yeah, it'll 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 be really be interesting to see how that all shakes out. But yeah, I mean, you know, there there are a lot of uh, interesting names being floated around, and the drafts in a week. Yep. Drafts in like yeah, barely two weeks. Yeah. Not not to take the shine off, obviously, the Colorado Avalanche, but looking at our future and comparing it to Colorado's and Tampa's, we have two first over two first round picks or two first overall picks, other first rounders, high prospects, and a few established vets. Can we make a cup run, say, three years? I would say they're going to be an established playoff team, I'd say, in three years. I don't think that's really out of this world to saying. Um, but I, I don't know about cup run yet. But it's it's possible. You know, it's possible if they keep building the correct way. Um, Avs parked the bus in the third. Tampa couldn't get anything going. Hats off to them. It was the best two teams in hockey. Enjoyed the series as a whole. Is it draft day? Yeah, I, I agree, Josh. Uh by the way, uh, gonna get you your uh, your your goat uh, hashik uh, uh, swag here very soon. Uh, just so you know, uh, I, I agree, man. Like it was like watching almost '90s style trap defense by the Colorado Avalanche. And they, I think, uh, Tampa only had one shot halfway into the third period, which is insane when you think they're like it's desperation. Do everything you can, get bodies to the net, get pucks to the net. The fact that they kept that team to one shot halfway into the third period of an elimination game for the Stanley Cup is insane to me. Um, Chris Durick, congrats to the Avs, three for three in Stanley Cup finals. One of these days, boys, we are going to have our moment in the sun. Hell, I watched in person the Colorado Mammoth beat our Bannets, Buffalo Strong. Thank you, Chris. Uh, got another guy pretty loyal to the program. Hundred uh, percent, man. Like our day is coming, man. It's going. It's going to happen. You just got to be patient. And as Sean McDermott, you know, patent here in Buffalo for Bills Mafia, trust the process. We have to trust the process. Um, whereas in the past, we've tried to speed up that process uh, by going to get high end, you know, making high end trades, signing free agents. And it just didn't work. Uh, the, 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 the certain glue guys really weren't in place that you've seen in, in the blueprint from teams like you know, Chicago when they were winning cups. Uh, Tampa Bay now, uh, L.A. when they were winning cups, you know, these teams that have really sh- drawn up the blueprint, Colorado now, like, you have to build 
through the draft. And that's, that's what Buffalo seems to be doing. Uh, is there a way we can swing a trade for Alex to Brinkett? I mean, sure. I mean, why not? I mean, Buffalo has the asset to, to, to pass, but there's the thing. Like, I mean, is that what you want? Is that what this team needs right now? I mean, he would be – he would be a very nice addition to the right-hand side of the ice, um, and uh, there are, there are some there are some people, and I would consider myself among them that the uh, you know I don't want to jinx it or anything, but the landscape of the east of the Eastern Conference next year is gonna be quite different. We know for a fact at this point that the majority of the big names in Boston are going to start the season injured. Same goes for the Pittsburgh Penguins. We have no idea where, what, Malkin and Latang are going to end up at this point, whether they're still wearing those jerseys come October. We don't know. So with those two teams that have both been absolute staples and basically just a guaranteed slot in the Eastern mm -hmm. Conference in the playoffs – Having a little bit of a question mark over it. Again, never count them out until they're out. But definitely not starting their seasons on the best of terms. If Buffalo makes the right moves this summer, hits the gas hard, and does not do the thing that they've been doing for the last five seasons and just immediately pump the brakes in December mm -hmm. and then nosedive till February, I think this team could break the drought next next spring. I mean, it's not out of the question. I think it really depends. It really depends on a what they do in that. Um, I just don't, and I may be in a small, I may be in the minority here, but I just don't think a spot on this team should just be handed to UPL. The guy has had his moments up at the NHL level, but he has been so inconsistent at, in the AHL, and he just really doesn't have have a, a full body of work or have stayed healthy to show that, like, yeah, I'm ready to make this jump. I mean, I don't care what you did for the small sample size here in the NHL. It's nice, and it's shown that you can play at this level, but you need to make sure that you can play consistently in the AHL and stay healthy in the AHL before you just assume we just assume that you're going to be one of the guys in the NHL. Um, there's a lot of good goaltenders out there that it might be available. Darcy Kemper being possibly one of them. Um, that could that could have very well been the last game he played as a Colorado Avalanche. Um, We'll see. You know, he's going to get paid too, no matter what, whether it's in Colorado or wherever it might be. That guy is going to get paid wherever it, he ends up. So um, maybe it is Buffalo. And he's the bridge between, you know, till we get to uh, Devin Levi or Eric Portillo. It's, it's exciting. You know, it's an exciting time to be a Sabres fan. But again, you know, a couple clicks for the Colorado Avalanche. Good for them. And, you know, like, well deserved. You beat an absolute giant to get there. Um, you know, it's all about timing, right? And building Gabriel Landis Cog is the youngest captain in NHL history. You know, before that, I believe it was Stevie Y or maybe it was Sid. I don't know. Um, but I know at one point it was Stevie Y and, or no, Jonathan Teos. It was Jonathan Teos, I think before, before this, but I mean, come on, man. It, you know, it's just, you know, it's been a long journey for him to get to this point. Nathan McKinnon is an absolute monster. Uh, Kale McCarr is going to be, you know, a bona fide Hall of Famer and just going to absolutely, come, you know, give us highlight after highlight after highlight after highlight. The, you know, the, that's the type of kid that's going to really help put the NHL back on the map. Guys like him, guys like Rasmus Dahlin, guys like, you know, Roman Yossi and, you know, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, all these young kids that are coming to the league. You know, Connor Bedard next year in the draft. Like he's yeah, absolute studs. Owen Power. Owen Power, yes. Owen Power. No, I, 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 come, yes. come on. But I come know, on. Bring kids, it back home. Who are the kids that are going to really put this game back on the map? And they have to you – know, Trevor Zegras, you know, like these kids, they, they need to make this game exciting again. Um, and the NHL has to do a better job of promoting itself, 100%. UPL health-wise is too big a risk to possibly keep him around. I, if we do keep him, let's see if he can play a full healthy schedule and start bringing consistency 80 to 90% of the year. I, again, I couldn't agree more for us. It's UPL is just a guy who hasn't given you enough consistently health for, for sure. Health wise. He's glass. He has so many lower body injuries, hip issues. Like 
it's tough to really rely on that guy to play a full 82 game season in in 82 games your goalie I know today it's not like it was 15 years ago where goalies are playing 65 plus games a year some still do but it's it's more in the minority where you're having a 1a 1b situation and you know but you know it's you, you need a guy who's NHL level <laughs> I mean NHL level that's not 41 years old and uh you know if you expect to really make a run at it this year just to break the drought you need consistency in net and you need more in your top six your bottom six and on the blue line um I I, I, I last year's team was a lot of fun to watch they've had they had their moments but at the end of the day I mean we watched these the best teams in the NHL over the last two months literally give everything they have and in that finals I'm sorry Buffalo just does not compare to that right now it's not they're, they're not even the same atmosphere yeah Buffalo's got work to do it's uh do. but in UPL's defense he has gotten run down here in Rochester Lucic style First-hand witness here. We need D-men who will not let that happen. Agreed. Agreed. But just because just because it wasn't his fault, he's getting hurt. I mean, it's never really his fault. doesn't mean it hasn't happened. You know, he, it's still damage to his body. And, you know, I just don't feel comfortable handing the reins over to a guy to be your full-time starter who can't stay healthy. So, um, Steve, if you had a day with the cup, what are you doing with it? I had a day with the cup. Um, I, I don't know. I'd probably try to like plan it around some music festival or something, or maybe just take a camping for the weekend. I don't know, man. It's I, a call, I mean, right? What's that? I would, I would absolutely, one hundred percent, get a giant street hockey game going, and we play for the cup, right? Because you want to give everybody, your boys, your friends, the chance to lift the camp up after winning it. How cool would that be? I hundred percent. I would organize a massive street hockey tournament where the winner gets to, you know, raise the cup and then just let everybody who played, you know, raise the cup. Cause that's just a cool experience. So I would absolutely 100% do that without a doubt. Maybe even take it up to Toronto after. Yeah. I, I think I would spend the money I made winning the cup buy like the most irresponsibly sized amp and then just place the cup on top of it and just like go play that amplifier and guitar in a giant fucking field somewhere. Yeah. I fucking rock. <laughs> I fucking won the cup. Suck my butt or something. I don't know. Suck my like butt. I, yeah, suck my butt. I just want I just won the Stanley Cup. You can all suck my butt. Like that's what every single dude winning the cup is probably thinking, yeah. but they're too polite to say. It's like Suck my butt, dude. I just won the cup. I just won the hardest trophy to win in the fucking world. Producer Steve, hashtag suck my butt. You can eat my farts. Um, I love it. Um, Me, like I said, it would be a giant street hockey tournament. Uh, Favorite moments from this season? You know, sabers and non-sabers. Well, I mean, you know, favorite moments sabers-wise – all the times that Darlene has broken people's ankles, just playing Darlene style hockey, the Alex Tuck empty netter goal after beating Jack Eichel at the at home in Vegas. That's up there. Uh, Being in, in the crowd for the Tage Thompson hat trick against the Stanley cup champion, Colorado avalanche. That was pretty fucking cool. Were we at that game together? I can't remember. No, I was at that with my dad actually. Okay. That that, that one was amazing. Um, bunch of games this year oh yeah we went to a whole bunch uh rj night without a doubt oh my god i was yeah, tearing RJ up night for sure is up there i mean i mean jack eichel night that was that was something special being able to be on espn leading up to that that was pretty cool mind you right after they interviewed rick jenner they interviewed rick jenner and then they interviewed me greg wachinski and arda okale uh interviewing me which was great um, and then, uh, let me think non non sabers. I would have to say, who was that? What was that game? There was a huge brawl between two teams. It was a follow-up. 
I mean, always watching the the Oilers uh, Calgary games. Those have been a lot of fun. Right. But it wasn't the Battle of Alberta. Battle of Alberta. I, I feel I feel like it might have been like a game with the Blues because I feel like it might have been one of those nights where Bennington pretended he wanted to fight somebody, but not really. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I watching Connor, watching Connor McDavid, that just, was it against the Rangers, maybe where he danced through literally. Yeah, five he danced. Guys. Yeah, the whole team. He did it. The he did it a second time too. I feel. I think he did it to like the Kings or something. And he just. Yeah, it was insane. Oh wait, no, 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 no. It was. I think it was the Jets, and he just went through the whole fucking squad. It was just yeah. like. That one, that, that one quick turnaround goal from Makar where he where he goes reverse it up the boards and he, he he puts on the brakes like fucking Maverick and Top Gun and turns right back around takes to the net. T- Tim Conley's it's the backhand had like that much space to pop the puck up in. That was a filthy goal. Just you know, oh, and then yeah. obviously seeing Toronto losing the first round. When, is oh yeah, not? Chris Derrick's already on it. NHL moment. Leaf going five years in a row losing a winning takes all game in the playoff series. Leafs going fire. <laughs> yeah, he's already yeah, on it, man. Who doesn't love that? Uh, love that? Oh, uh, Dewey crying in the group chat every single time the Isles lose. That was pretty fun. Right? That's great. Just him having he's an fucking, absolute meltdown. Like it was like October, November. It's like this team's freaking unstoppable, bro. We're gonna lift the fucking cup this year, and then by February, he's like, "I've never known joy." Yeah. Right. It's touching great. grass. Touching grass won't even help. Right. I hate everything. Is this how you guys feel all the time? Yeah. Right. Fuck. This sucks. Oh, buddy, get on our level. You don't even know pain. You don't yeah. even know pain. I'm sorry. There's not enough uh, free breadsticks in the world from the Olive Garden to make that pain go away, my friend. Not enough wings in the world. Congrats, Stan Cronky, uh, on winning two championships in two different leagues with the Rams and now the Colorado. Evan. Yep, the owner of the uh, Avalanche is also the owner of the LA Rams. Congrats, that is pretty cool. Uh, from Rakeen Davis, that's that's pretty dope. Maybe, hopefully, hopefully the Pagulas are the next, right? You know, they have an opportunity with an up and coming Sabres team and a Super Bowl favorite Buffalo Bills team. We'll see what happens. Uh, maybe some point down the line, that would be great. Maybe not in the same year, uh, but eventually. That's that's the, that's the hope, at least. Um. Yeah, it's just it's been one hell of a year. I've enjoyed doing these post games. Last year, I did a lot of them by myself. I try to get more people involved. Steve, you've helped a lot, a lot of that, so I thank you for that. Um, you know, obviously we have the draft here uh, in a couple weeks, which you know that's probably the next time we'll be talking. You know, you know, leading up to that, we'll do a few episodes of Two Goalies with Mike. Uh, try and get some relevant uh, faces on for that, and you know, like we did leading into uh, the Jack Quinn draft. Um, we had a lot of OHL coaches on with us to talk about, you know, you know, some of their uh, players that were projected to go high in the first round. Um, and, you know, we have Jack Hughes, not the Jack Hughes from the New Jersey Devils, but Jack Hughes from Northeastern uh, University. He's agreed to come on with us. He's a, a first round uh, uh, prospect in this year's draft. Could fall right where the Sabres pick at 16 or at, uh, was it 28? We'll see. Yep. He, he could Nine, be, 16, and 28, provided yep. that we hang on to all three firsts. We'll see what happens. We now we, we, we now know where Colorado is drafting. I mean, uh, you know, now we uh, we might be sending one out to Chicago for a brink cat in Maybe a package. We'll, see. we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, I got nothing left, Steve. It's been a one hell of a ride this season. Um, obviously, we're closing in on midnight here. I don't want to keep everybody up too late. But uh, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, um, I guess, uh, I think people have done a good job about being civil. I've, you know, a lot of shit's been going wrong on the internet, particularly Twitter. It's been a hellscape, but when it comes to fandom and sports, I feel like we've kind of like learned to not call each other a bunch of whole hateful bullshit over something is at the end of the day, this is a children's game that people get paid million dollars to play. Let's let's like let's dial back our hatred for one another, strangers on the internet, over a sport. You know that's not to say let's stop dunking on Leafs fans. Let's always dunk on Leafs. Always fans. dunk on Leafs. We're fans. never gonna stop dunking even on though, Leafs. Fans. Even though I love there them, has to, there has to be a mutual respect for one another. And I feel like yeah. I've seen more of that this year. So to all of you out there that are posting fun Sabres memes when your team's finally winning, but also not being a fucking shithead about it, thank you. 
We don't yeah. want to have that reputation of just being the shittiest fans in hockey. We'll leave that for insert franchise here, the Rangers. But yes. uh, that oh, said, so, uh, the Rangers fans are so unbearable. Sorry, Cheeto is untouchable. Kako is untouchable. Oh, he, got oh. he got scratched in an elimination game, but he's fucking untouchable. Oh, <laughs> yeah, couldn't possibly trade him for Jack Eichel. Oh. Good does Lord. he does he if in a trade it's hard to imagine that he's with the Rangers next year. It really is. Because he's gotta feel pretty he's gotta feel pretty disrespected after that. If I'm him and I'm his agent, I want out of the out of New York fast. Because that is just mind blowing to me. Especially he has come a long way this past season. He's probably developed in one of their better two hundred foot players, all around players. He doesn't light it up on the score sheet and he's not he's never gonna reach that 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 potential of being the second overall pick, but he's turned into a very good hockey player. And for him, them to scratch him, uh, you know, in that limit in that game, that that's that was mind blowing to me. And I don't, I didn't understand Gallant's like game plan yeah. there with that, but it clearly didn't work. Yeah, I mean, I particularly because it was a known fact that Strom was basically operating at like twenty percent capacity, and it's like, and if yeah. you know that. You can't make the choice to play a 20% Strom over a guy who's healthy but not that offensively dangerous. Like, the kid line wasn't doing half bad in the playoffs. But I don't know, man. I mean, they, they made their bed, and now they're sleeping in it. I mean, yeah. Igor's, Igor still got his Vesna, so he doesn't care. Yeah, so, pretty much. I mean, good for him. But, I mean, no one else got any hardware this summer, and they were hoping to get some hardware. Uh but yeah, thank you for being nice people on the internet. I know how easy it is to just get into that negative territory. We don't need to do that. Let's 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 be better than that. Let's be cool to each other all summer, next year. So that way, if and when the Buffalo Sabres are hoisting the Stanley Cup over their heads, people aren't just hating on us in the comments. They can just be like, damn, this this city's been waiting for it for half a century. Fi- congratulations. We are so happy for you. We, we don't want people shitting on us on the the best day of most of our lives as sports fans. So let's just keep being cool to each other, right? Yeah. That, that's pretty much my only final. Let's just, let's just you know. keep keep being excellent to each other. As uh, that movie with the guys in it, with with the stuff they go on the adventure or whatever. Heard it was pretty excellent, something like that. Yeah, I can't wait to watch that documentary, man. Yeah, that documentary was thick, it. but it still kind of makes me low key hate the ass for a split second. Mm-hmm. I. Uh, you know, I agree. You know, Sabres fans, we've, we've experienced it all, right? Bills fans included. You know, I, I, I would say we've seen rock bottom as a franchise, right? Like, I, I, I can't imagine getting worse than what it has been over the last couple of years, up until, the, like, the last three months of the NHL, of the Sabres season. I can't imagine that it get any worse than that. Um, you know, starting with, you know, I hate to put myself – like in the lane with that, but when I went off on the radio, kind of like it being more polarizing, you know, on a more national level, like crazy fucking lunatic fan goes off on the radio, you know, on, on ownership. And then it kind of be, and then, and then ownership censored, you know, is censoring the fans. And then it transitioned into something a little bit bigger. And then there's more of a spotlight on it. And then the next season, and the following season, Ralph Krueger, and then just the 18-game losing streak, and then firing of Ralph Krueger, and then the Jack Eichel debacle that was with the neck surgery, and you know the Sabers being held in a negative light there, not letting him get. You know what I mean? All ever than that, you know, it, I can't imagine it get lower than that. You know, in terms of the image of the franchise. And then the last, again, three months of the season. And I, 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 I took some, you know, heat from this when I posted it. You know, I love posting that video of the Alex Tuck anti net goal because I really do believe that was a franchise-changing moment. It's like it really altered the culture, you know, because it was like the end of one era and the beginning of a new one. You know, out with the old and with the new. We were leaving Jack Eichel in our rearview mirror. And in that picture, that still frame of – after Tuck strips Eichel of the puck and he's coming up the wing, and you see Eichel chasing, trying to cut, trying to take 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 away the angle there by going that way, take away the two on one because it, Tuck Tuck was at like an impossible angle, 
and uh and, and you know he's trying to take away the angle from the pass and then Tuck just buries that puck and uh it was really a, a franchise altering moment because I'll, it was the end of the era of Jack and Sam and Ristolainen and all of the bullshit coaching that we dealt with and management we dealt with and just the terrible decisions and um, just it was it was the end of it all and you now you're in with this new from that moment on for the next three months and Sabres hockey was finally exciting again in this city and people actually couldn't wait to watch games and people went to games maybe not still at the, at a very high capacity but people were watching with interest again and I I, I I've never had this much optimism optimism for a season more than what I have going into next season. And it still continues in, in a couple of weeks of the draft. Yeah. I mean, I remember the last game of the year, I, the amount of times that like the amount of tweets that I saw from fans saying, uh, this is the first time in a long time. I want to say, I can't, I don't want this season to end. Yeah. Uh, if I, if I had like 20 bucks for every one of those tweets I saw, I wouldn't need my security deposit back from the place I'm in right now. Uh, we, have, people, we have, we have Matt here. Steve, thank you for saying that stuff. The world has been a shitty place this week. It's nice to see that that sports is a place where we can take some solace, at least. Agreed, man. It has been a pretty shitty week. Um, not to get political, but in this country. Um, you know, it's very disappointing. And, you know, you try and find a silver lining, uh, you know, in other areas. And sometimes that is sports. And uh, kind of like an escape. And, you know when when the world isn't when the world isn't really i want to say going your way but you know making around world around you isn't really making the right decisions um and it's out of your control sometimes sports is the one escape that you do have and you know i hope things get better i hope that you know people smarten up and get their heads out of their asses uh but you know until we can control that narrative and control, control those things, which we can to a certain extent. Um, you know, I'm glad that we have such a good community around us of sports fans, you know, to fall back on. Yeah. Agreed. You know, this, this is supposed to be one of the few places we can just try to, you know, mm -hmm. just be decent to one another. There are so many avenues of life where it's just bad and it's designed to be bad. And you're not supposed to feel good about it. So, again, this is supposed to be this is supposed to be entertainment. This is supposed to be released. This is supposed to be fun. Again, it is a children's game that grown men get paid more money than any of us will ever see in our lives yep. to play professionally. So allegedly, let's all... allegedly, Colorado has already dented the cup. Of course they have. Like, I, I, yeah, I mean, wasn't that the story going around in Tampa when they were basically like chucking in the fucking ocean or whatever? Or like. I feel like they took a jet skiing or something and they dented it then. Like, yeah, they had those pictures circulating around like the following morning where like the top, like that, that the cup has been through a monocle of repairs. Before we log off here, I got to see if I can find that because that's hilarious. Oh, that, what, that picture from last season? No, oh, yeah. no. The, I'm assuming there's probably already a picture of it. Um, all right. Probably on Twitter somewhere. So give me a moment here, and I'll try and bring it up before we log off here. Uh, well, I guess. I'll, I guess. I'll another thing story. too I want to show is uh, during that last TV timeout, uh, Nick Kiprios tweeted out a photo uh, of both benches, and uh, Bedner had the entire team surrounded him for like over a minute, and they were talking, and that was not happening at Tampa Bay's bench. It was a tale of two teams, a team that was gassed and just didn't have it. And then there was a team that was willing to lay their bodies in the line to do whatever it took to win the cup. Um, let's see here. Let me see if I can find it. Cup dent. Going to search that one here. Uh, cup dent. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shane has already got one. It's on the bottom. Is that a dent already? It does look like the bottom of the cup is already dented. Oh, my God. Avalanche <laughs> <laughs> had the Stanley Cup for about a whole five minutes before they put a massive dent in it. 
Again, oh been... my god, hold on. This is great. Is it, it, I, I'm guessing you found the picture I found. No, on the video. Hold on. I'm going to bring it up here in a second. Give me one moment. Oh, boy. This is fantastic. Well, this just reminds me of a story that a band told when they were playing the first Unitarian Church in Philadelphia. If you've never been, they have kind of like what's at this point an iconic, like, alphabet rug that looks like it would be on, like, the floor of a daycare. And that's, like, on this stage where, like, a myriad of different, like, punk and hardcore shows happen. And every single time that they play, it's, like, bands will, like, remark about how it's so immaculate and it's so clean. And it's, like, we play venues where it looked like a fucking bomb went off on this stage. How do you keep this thing so clean? And at one point, the sound tech told one of the bands, we've had, like, 12 of these rugs. Yeah. We constantly replace this. (laughs) And it kind of, and to me, it kind of feels the same way with the, uh, (laughs) with the Stanley Cup that, uh, you know, there's literally no possible way that this trophy has existed this long. It has not been damaged and in need of massive repairs. Yeah. But yeah, get that video up. That sounds hilarious. I'm going to see if I can find it real quick. Share screen, Chrome tab. Here we go. 21 years to get it back, and then they broke it in five minutes. Can you see it? <laughs> Who is that? Who is that? Oh, no. Oh shit! Is that is that ninety six? Is that fucking Rantanen? No, it's not Lan. It might be Rantanen. Yeah, that's fantastic. Look at Condry. Oh, you guys oh, had it for five minutes. Oh. Had it for five minutes. And you, you had one job to do. He blows a tire. He blows a tire. That's fantastic. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, somebody lost their skate blade again. Hold on. Oh, uh, wow. I'm gonna bring up. Oh, I just wanna bring up that one picture real quick of uh, that I mentioned with uh, Kiprios. Nick Kiprios, oh right that's, here. That's amazing. One moment, I'll share that real quick, and then we'll get out of here. But this was—it really was the tale of two teams. Um, right here. I don't know if you can see that or not. You see, oh, Bender yeah. had the entire team around him. And they were they were really obviously you know the remaining minutes of the game trying to uh, you know game plan you know you know lay your bodies and like he's pretty much given the uh, yeah, remember the Titans you know Herb Brooks miracle speech right there uh, you know just you know whatever it takes do whatever it takes do not let a single puck get to the net or like you know that 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 speech they gave and remember the Titans. Where uh, the refs, they got the refs against them. They will remember the game, the night they played the Titans. You know what I mean? Like, you know, no stuff like that, dude. And you, you don't see it over there having a Tampa with John Cooper. Like, he's not rallying the troops. I mean, maybe uh, there was a moment there where he was, but in that moment right there, Kiprios caught a very, very revealing moment there. And I think that was just a team that was so gassed and just ready, just ready to fold. All right. Well, we got a correction here from the Dominator Thirty Nine. That was uh, Abe Kubel, not Rantanen, who dropped the cup <laughs> of the ice. The uh, deadline pickup from the Philadelphia Flyers, no less. That's fantastic. Of course, it was a gets, former Flyer. Yeah, spends. Uh, oh well, actually, no, actually, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was. He was only with the Flyers for seven games this year. I thought yeah. he was a deadline pickup. No, he was with the Avalanche like basically all year. He, a, he didn't have a half bad season. McKinnon nope, probably let Ricky hold on to it and he tripped. Keep uh, remains on Buffalo and prayers to Kim Pagula and the Pagula family. She gets better in health. Yeah, she is struggling uh, right now. Uh, she, as we all know, she was in the ICU down in Florida uh, recently. You know, a couple clicks for the Pagula family. Hope that they uh, get, the, you know, she gets better in health and, uh, you know, gets back in the office this coming season. Um, you know, to run both the Bills and the Sabres. Uh, so, you know, prayers up to them for sure. Um, they had it for five minutes. It's Ricky. Come on. Not the trophy. <laughs> it, was, it was it was Nicholas uh, Obey Kubel. Bubbles, Ricky, what? <laughs> Leave no doubt. Remember the Titans. Exactly, Chris. He knows. Chris knows. He's got to grab his, uh, his hash gear too. Uh, uh, thanks. Yeah, a couple clicks for all of you guys who always who stuck in for us this year, uh, joining us, whether it was at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, or in a matinee game late afternoon, evening. 
thanks for being there and joining us and making this fun to do. Um, you know, we'll see you in a couple weeks for the NHL draft. But, you know, you, we, the re, you guys are the reason why we do this. We're not out here making money like the guys like Biz and over there at TNT and, you know, you know getting paid to this. We do this on our own time. And, you know. Saints spit chocolates, the same yeah. puck soup. Yep. We, we, you know, the guys, you know. We ain't, get, we ain't got big sponsors. <laughs> we don't, yeah, we don't. Uh, so, you know, we appreciate you guys always hanging out with us and chiming in and, uh, you know, leaving comments and sharing and, you know, showing us some love. So, you know, we'll get – we always talked about it, but the goal is to get some two goalies on Mike merchandise out there. And uh, can't wait to get that out for all you guys. So take care. Congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche and Tampa Bay Lightning on a hell of a season. Uh, you shouldn't hold their heads, you know, hang their heads. You know, unbelievable year, unbelievable run. It's not over yet. They're still going to be probably back at it next year. So uh, with that being said, uh, one hell of a year. Congrats, Colorado. Uh, and I will. Steve will, producer Steve will, will hang up and listen. You guys have a great night. And remember, get over to Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case. We'll see you later. See you in a few weeks for the NHL, NHL draft. I'll hang up and listen. Hey, everybody. This is Dwayne from Two Goalies One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now, you might be thinking, hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we're bringing coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.